Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and we are continuing our series in... Uh, called the Torah in the Gospels. And so if you haven't checked out the first episode, we'd encourage you to do that and kind of hit rewind and go back to last week as we kind of unpack what that's all about. And so we're going to continue the discussion about where we see Jesus pulling his listeners back into the Hebrew scriptures to unpack the fuller meaning of his teaching. So Mark um, is going to be taking us into a moment in the Gospels in Matthew chapter four, where Jesus does this in the temptation. Yeah. So this one's awesome. This whole text is like a rap battle where Satan, the deceiver or Diablo in the Greek and Jesus are like going back and forth, but they're quoting the Bible at each other, like back and forth and bouncing texts off of each other. It reminds me how like all hip hoppers in the nineties through the early two thousands would sample like fifties and sixties music and then loop really? it behind their hip hop tracks. Yeah. You got basically this rap battle with old material going huh. back and forth. It's pretty hot. Sweet. All right. So Mark four, Jesus goes off in, uh, the, you mean Matthew or the Oh yeah. Yeah. Matthew four. Oh yeah. yeah. In Mark, this text, you guys is like a verse and a half. It says, Jesus went to the wilderness and was tempted by the devil, and then angels attended him. Boom. Move on. And then Matthew and Luke take Mark's story, and they both expand it like a ton. Yeah. So Mark or Matthew 4 says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit. He's just been baptized. God's mm-hmm. just declared over him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The reason that's important is that that's what the tempter is going to go after. Satan's going to try to push on his identity as the son. Okay. So it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after 40 days and 40 nights. What do you hear there, Heather? Uh, A time of testing. 40 days, 40 nights equates to 40 years in the wilderness for Israel for a lot of scholars. And I would just say in the Bible in general, the number 40 is like a cycle. It's like your token. He was there for a spell, but the story is bouncing off of the story of Israel being in the wilderness for 40 years. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He's fasting 40 days, 40 nights. Like you do. Yeah. He was hungry. (laughs) (laughs) What? The tempter came to him and said, if you are the what son of God, which he's yeah. just been declared God's son, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, here's what's going on. Jesus yeah. is in the wilderness in imitation of Israel being in the wilderness. And these texts are all going to bounce off wilderness stories. The stories that come down to us from the Old Testament about Israel yeah. being in the wild. So when he says, tell these stones to become bread, he's pushing on the idea that God provided bread, special bread for Israel in the wilderness. And he's saying, well, just do that. 
make yourself some manna, right? Yeah, and man. Jesus, Cook it up. Yeah. And Jesus answers him back. It is written. So first of all, the way you, you answer the devil in this story is you quote Torah at him, yeah. right? He says, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, he took that from Deuteronomy 8, which is right in the middle of a text okay. that basically tells the story of the manna in the nutshell, right? Huh. And then yeah. its landing point is, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the yeah. story is recounting it to the sons of God, to Israel, yeah. right? So mm -hmm. what's happening is this whole text is bouncing off the idea that God declared you a son. Mm -hmm. We'll do this since you're a son. And Jesus is quoting from the verse, from the text where it talks about the sons of Israel and saying, making bread for myself isn't enough. There's a spiritual reality going on. Yeah. Here connecting to yeah. God, right? yeah. Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. So he's pretty it's much a, telling the devil like, Hey, there's a bigger meaning behind what I'm saying here, bro. Listen up, which is what you're unpacking for us right now. So I'm going to let you keep going. No, no, that's great. And I love that the devil's pushing on his identity and yeah. his sonship because that is that is how the devil comes down to us from the Hebrew Bible. He actually, his job in the Old Testament before he falls from heaven is that he's like the court prosecutor. Mm -hmm. Like he, he goes around and basically pushes on the integrity of things. Sure. And in Job, when he comes in to Yahweh and God's like, where have you been? And he's like, you know, going no, in and is. out of the earth and testing things. That's actually exactly what he's supposed to be doing. It's his job, right? Yeah. And Hanging so out at Culver's, getting a yeah. mudslide. Yeah. No, he's like tempting people to get a mudslide. He's oh, like, you yeah. know what? You should have the mudslide. <laughs> with, with extra whipped cream and caramel <laughs> Yeah, and then and then this. then all the people are like, "Man, she'll not live on Culvers alone." <laughs> <laughs> Don't be pushing on my Culvers. Okay, so the, <laughs> so next, the devil took him to the holy city, which is Jerusalem. Had yeah. to stand on the highest point on the temple. Lots mm -hmm. of scholars have debated what that is. It doesn't matter. Sure. Um, and he says, "If you are the son, right?" Yeah. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. Wait, wait, Ricka, Ricka, what? what? The devil just is now going to quote scripture at mm. him. You mm. see, I love this. The New Testament starting point is that like the demons and the devil, they all know their Torah really yeah, well. Isn't that sure. great? Yeah. yeah. So like, he's like, for it is written, Jesus he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Okay. okay. This is so stinking awesome. Yeah. He quotes this Psalm to him. That's basically saying the righteous one, if he slips and he falls, God won't let him hit the ground. Sure. Right. Like you won't right. fall off. You won't fall off the mountaintop and just fall to your death. The angels will catch you. But he misquotes it because sure. Jesus is not going to slip and fall. He's saying, hurl yourself off the temple and, you know, the angels will catch you. Right. Right. So sure. basically the devil's saying, 
test God if you're really God's son, well, he'll catch you. And mm. Jesus answered him, it's also written. So we had Satan say, it's written. And Jesus yep. say, it's also written. Ah. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Mm -hmm. This is so great because story after story about the Hebrew children in the wilderness are about mm -hmm. them testing God, sure. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That word is the verb that kind of, you've got testing and then mm -hmm. murmuring and grumbling. Those mm. are the words that kind of surround this idea of not being content and trusting what God has promised, but instead backlashing against it, right? Yeah, and Jesus sure. is saying, no way. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And he quotes Deuteronomy 616 mm -hmm. back to Satan and says, I'm not going to put God to the test like the people Israel put God to the test. Yeah. Now we've had two rap battle back and forths where yeah. two times Jesus has chosen the correct path in the wilderness. Where mm -hmm. we would look back on the thing behind the thing the story bank of Israel in the wilderness and saying they ultimately didn't trust God yeah. in the way that Jesus, the true son of God does. See, see sure. what's going on there? Totally. Yeah. And it says again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him away from me, Satan or deceiver for it is written Worship the Lord your God and serve him alone from Deuteronomy 6, 14. Yeah. Mark, then it says the devil. Oh, go ahead. I just had this random thought. Do you think that like maybe in the book of Mark, he's so short and kind of almost like skips the stories because he's communicating to the Roman world, to the Greek world, and that yeah. and that Matthew is communicating to a Jewish audience. And so the, Yeah, so this is a very, very Jewish text. Like yeah. there's so many nods to the traditions that a Greek audience wouldn't get readily. Yeah. And you know, Luke Acts is a little bit nuanced because it's written to a Hellenistic culture, but it's insider baseball. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. a lot of Jewish converts in the community that could be like, oh, oh, this is a nod to this story. Let me tell you about it. Right? Yeah, for sure. Mark's very, very much to a Greek audience to make the case that Jesus is the son of God and that his is an upside down kingdom, not like mm -hmm. Caesar's. Yeah. So maybe that's a good reason. Yeah. But I know there's... Um, I know that Matthew and, and Luke just greatly expand this story and they're yeah. almost completely similar. Like um, I wonder, they flip one detail, but anyways, what's the detail? Um, the order Jesus, oh. um, Satan takes Jesus to the temple yeah. last in hmm. the Luke text. Okay. I don't really know why. I'm sure some really smart people have made some guesses, but I don't Indeed. know off the top of my head. It's smarter than us. I wonder though, like if this could be a good text to share with maybe a Jewish person who doesn't believe that Jesus is Messiah. Cause you could be like, Hey, can I tell you about a rabbi who taught, about one of your stories in the Hebrew scriptures about how, you know, you walked around in the wilderness for 40 years and how God tested you. Can I tell you about a story about a rabbi who experienced yeah, a similar thing? 
especially if they were a conservative or orthodox Jew with a high regard for the text. A reformed Jew would have a high regard for the text, but as a cultural kind of artifact or a piece of their tradition more than being a literal story. Mm. Um, Here's what I, here's what I think is great for us. Um, First of all, the deceiver in this story goes after the core piece of Jesus identity of belonging to God. And for us, it's the same. It's sonship or daughtership in the kingdom of God because of what Jesus has done for us. And I love that his defense, like in those moments where you feel like a total screw up or like Mm -hmm. not good enough to be leading anyone or stuff from your past just keeps popping back into your head. I love that Jesus not only defends his identity. No, I am God's son, but he does it with the story, with God's story. Mm-hmm. And by extrapolating that, nope, that's about me too. Yeah, And that's what we get through Jesus is that life with God is about us too. And this, this story becomes our story, no yeah, matter totally. what it was formerly. Um, so there's yeah. that piece just as a leader. And then I think there's, the ability to show your students as Mm -hmm. a teacher, this is a great place to just show them, you know, the crazy thing about the Bible is how interconnected it is. Yeah, for sure. One in 10 verses in the new Testament is an illusion. Like you showed us last episode or a direct quote of the Hebrew Bible. And if you don't know the basic storyline, it's hard to really see the beauty of the Mm -hmm. gospels and the nuance This is a cool story either way. I mean, it's got it all. But Mm -hmm. once you understand the, I guess, slang behind the story, it's even cooler, right? Yeah. Once you know what low key means. Yeah. I was just trying to think how I could apply it. Like, oh, Jesus fasted for 40 days and he was hungry. Oh, low key. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah. 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 So we spilled the t- the tea on some of those texts, and hopefully it's it's helpful. <laughs> we should we should probably stop trying to be cool and using teenager slang. I haven't been cool in forever. Yeah, I tell so our vol- I tell the volunteers that work with our students all the time that are like single and yeah. have no kids and just an apartment and get to do what they want. I tell them you're at peak coolness. You'll yep. never be this awesome to a group of students again. It's yep. only downhill from here. Amen. <laughs> True that. Well, Mark, this has been super fun. And I hope that this has been a time where you felt encouraged as a youth worker, where you want to dig in a little bit deeper to this story. And if you want to learn more from Mark and I about the first century context of Jesus and more of the stuff that we're talking about today, send us a message at firstcenturyyouthministry at gmail.com. We've got some great stuff in the works with more cohorts that'll be coming up around the corner. We've got a youth workers only trip to Israel in August of 2022. And we just dropped some new curriculum on the parables of Jesus that unpacks similar things like this. And so friends, we hope that you are encouraged and that you grow more and more and more to be like Jesus and to love students in the process. So thanks for joining us for this episode of First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye everyone.